Welcome to Mental Clarity and DPT. This is Hadley, your host, and today is the very first episode of my podcast, um, which is really exciting. I am going to be talking about the Physical Therapy Centralized Application uh, Service, otherwise known as PTCAS. Now, I'm not going to be talking about the logistics of it all, you know, where to go, what the deadlines are, um, how to like physically apply, but I'm going to be talking about, you know, the experience overall and what my experience was like and just what I would tell students who are going through the PTCAS application process right now. Um, I certainly don't know everything because I just went through this experience and, um, You know, I can only say what I went through, but I hope that whatever I have to say can help because um, I remember being in other students' shoes, just being like, okay, I have this huge application to fill out. Where do I start? Um, And also I apologize if this episode uh, can seem disorganized. I don't have a script and I don't have even notes for what I'm gonna be saying. (laughs) because, um, you know, I honestly just woke up one day and and said, hey, I'm going to start this podcast because um, I've had my eye on Anchor for a long time um, just for an outlet to get my thoughts and my voice out there. Um, I've been considering blogging and um, social media and, you know, I don't, I haven't found a, a way to really get my voice out there but podcasting was something I was interested in I love listening to podcasts and um so that's why I decided to decided to start one um but I apologize if this seems disorganized and not what mental clarity is all about which is you know being organized with your thoughts but you know sometimes you just have to take that first step that first leap in and make something and and start producing it, putting content out there because you're never going to know, you're never going to better yourself without trying. So, um, yeah, that's why I started this podcast and and I hope it really just helps one other person going through uh, pre-PT or um, who's thinking about physical therapy uh, because I think this field is so special and... um, you know, I really just, I do truly have a passion for physical therapy. And um, I really hope that um, by me putting my thoughts out there and, and kind of documenting my thoughts and my journey to PT school and throughout school um, will help not only me reason and, and reflect back on it. I'm a very introspective person, so I like reflecting back on things and you know I'm I call myself an introvert I'm very introverted but um um yeah I always like thinking about things and um, uh, having a clear mental um picture of things too um so I think having this podcast will be cool to just see what are my thoughts and how have they changed and what was my mentality and how can I improve my mentality for you know this circumstance and how can I grow from this so it'll be cool to see how this all turns out but 
Um, yeah, it, this is literally off the wall. This is just non, not scripted, but uh, I hope it gives off like that genuine um, feel to it because I really don't want any of my, any content online or what I put out to be disingenuous because that's that's what, you know, I stand for is just the why I love physical therapy is because um, that the connection that you make with another human being is is so important and so valuable to be genuine and to really connect with other human beings and um, yeah, not you know, you're not doing it for any other reason except for connecting with others. So I hope this connects somebody, um, connects with somebody, helps somebody because. You know, that's why we're here, is we're here to help other people um, to make sense of it all. So, yes, first episode, PTCAS application. Um, so a little bit about myself. Um, I just finished my undergraduate degree in kinesiology. Um, so I applied my senior year. Um, sorry. Yes, I'm a non-traditional student. So... I applied when I was approaching my last year in undergrad. Um, yeah, I'm a very unconventional student. Um, maybe I'll talk about it in another podcast, but um, episode. But I did apply for PTCAS um, last summer, 2019. Um, and before I even applied to um, online through the PTCAS system, um, I went to open houses for all the schools that I was looking at or interested in. And um, I think I went to the one, uh, my school actually, that I, I've been accepted to right now in April. Um, I went to their open house. Um, it was pretty easy to apply for. You just sign up on their website and, and you go to the campus and um, you sit through a presentation and they take you on a tour. Um, it's pretty fun. Um, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend you go seek open houses if you can um, before you apply. Um, that would be my first tip is always research the school before applying. I regret. See, I applied to a lot of schools because I honestly um, doubted my ability to get in, even though... Um, you know, throughout this podcast, I'm not going to say any numbers or um, what my stats were or anything like that, because I, I don't think you should be comparing yourself, wasting time comparing yourself to other applicants. I think you should compare yourself to, you know, what the requirements of the program is and, and strive for the best application you can make. Um, but I really thought that I was not going to get in easily. I was like, okay. I need to up my chances of getting into PT school. So I applied to five schools without even looking at the school because I was so scared of not getting into my number one choice. I always told my mom and my mentor and my academic advisor, I want to have a backup plan. I want to apply to as many as possible, but you have to be realistic because the application can be pretty expensive because not only do you have a PT cast application fee where you pay PT cast directly, but you also have individual school application fees, which can range from 50 to $60 um, each school. 
So it adds up fairly quickly. And looking back, I, I do regret applying to these schools. For example, I applied to a school out in Virginia Beach who, you know, they didn't even have an interview process. So I was kind of blind, <laughs> blindedly applying to a school just out of fear that I would not get in. And I think that's a very, it's not a good mindset to have is applying out of fear that you won't get into maybe your top school that you're looking at or the school that, you know, is is feasible for you. And also it's really important to kind of consider what your life, where, where you're at at life. So another background um, information about me is, um, you know, I have, you know, a medical condition that I, I have to stay local and I wanted to stay close to home and, and live at home potentially. So I had to look at schools nearby me that I could commute to. And that was really important for me um, to consider. You know, you have to consider your life because, you know, if you're committing yourself three years into a program, uh, you know, you want to be in the right um, mindset and the and the life that you can you can thrive in. And of course, you're going to make changes to your life, but you, you also have to be realistic with, you know, your personal situation, your finances. Um, so I wish I was a little more <laughs> cautious about that. So um, just do your research. Know know what you want out of PT school. Know if it's you know reasonable to apply across country. And some for some people that is what they want is they want to go out of state. But for me, I knew I wanted to stay uh, close to home. I wanted to potentially live at home um, to save money. Look at their tuition rates. Look at everything about the school read thoroughly their websites inwards and out. Um, uh, yeah, that's my first piece of advice. Um, but I applied for five schools and, um, I, I went through the whole process during that summer of 2019. Um, I remember just grinding on that application, doing everything I could. I I worked a summer uh, research position to, you know, pay for, um, part of my school and my um, the fees that came with the application process and, and studying for the GRE, getting my observational hours, um, you know, turning in all of those pieces of the application. And that summer was definitely, I was, I did not have a relaxing summer to say the least. But, um, you know, if you go in with the right mindset, I think um, you're gonna be fine. And, and if you're well prepared, which is my first tip and piece of advice is be prepared, make, know the deadlines, know what the school's minimum requirements are, because if you don't even know the school's minimum requirements um, and, and you're you know, working on this whole application and you're, you find out you're missing a piece of the school's requirements, like that would just be an awful feeling to, have all that work done for nothing. So before you do anything, plan, 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 research, research, be a scientist and gather all the information you can about each school in the process and, and yeah, plan it out. Um, so I applied, um, I worked through my PTCAS application throughout the summer. Um, I remember turning mine in, I think early August. <laughs> and the feeling of turning your PTCAS uh, application in is such a re- a relieving feeling. I actually, I remember crying when I turned mine in because it just, I, I knew I worked so hard and um, it's something that I truly wanted. And I, I just remember like 
seeing that confirmation email that um, like the schools received it. And I remember, yeah, feeling just like, I don't know what I was feeling, but I did like tear up. It was very, yeah, it was a very emotional time for me finally turning that in. So just know that like, this is, this is something special and you're, um, it's important and you know, you're working for something that you really want. And if you really want it, you're going to work for it. And, and I really am to this day, like when I got my first, um, acceptance letter, like I was just blown away. And, um, you know, I just, I know like it's, it requires effort and it just shows you that like this field is, you know, it's not easy and it's a big challenge to go into physical therapy, but it's really worth it. And, um, you just got to enjoy the process. That's it. You can't look at it as, you know, out of fear that, you know, you're not good enough and you constantly have to improve um, every part of your application, but, um, you know, you can only control what you can control with this, um, with this, this situation, which is, um, you know, your, I think the things you can control in this situation, um, I think everyone has, by the time they're applying to PTCAS, um, they've completed some of their prereqs and, um, hopefully everyone has passed them, gotten at least their minimum requirement grade. You know, you can't change your grades unless you're going to redo the class, obviously. But um, for me, what I could control was my ability to <laughs> pass the GRE, um, shadow, gain experience, write a stellar essay, um, do my research, um, be prepared. Uh, and yeah, just the things that you can control. That's all you can really do. Um, so my second piece of advice would don't compare yourself to other people who have previously got admitted or who current students were applying because, you know, you, that's something you can't control is, um, yeah, you never know what these committees are. Like, I, to this day, I don't know what committees are really looking for or why they admitted me, but it's, I knew like my stats were pretty good and, but I just didn't know like confidence wise, can I, I know it's competitive, so can I do this? But um, that that's not a mindset you wanna go in into this process with. Um, just make, play to your strengths, um, know where you're weak in your application, work hard at what you can control and, um, be prepared. That's all I can can really say. Um, but one piece of advice that I will say, of course, your research. Um, find a mentor that um, is either a physical therapist or somebody who has been through this process and um, really knows knows what what this experience is like. Um, I know I reached out to a couple of students at the school that um, I was really interested in, my number one school, the school that I'm, I'm going to go into. I reached out to them. Um, I had a, a mentor that I talked to about the process. Um, he really grounded me and, and made me look at the big pictures 
the big picture of things and um, again, helping me with my essay and uh, um, just being reflective on, you know, why you're going through this and, and just having someone to talk to about it because this process can be all-consuming and you can get really into the weeds of things and you can ruminate on a lot of things but getting someone else's perspective is really helpful so I would highly recommend getting um mentors versus you know the internet is such a great tool and I've read countless oh I scrolled through countless blogs and everyone's you know social media um you know reading about it but um Taking the time to make a connection with somebody who has already been through it is something that is invaluable and really will help you. Uh, So even if it's just, you know, another PT student, um, someone who's been through it, it's so helpful to talk about it with someone. So um, make sure you do that. Um, And I would say, yeah, get a physical therapist who, um, who, who really knows what they're talking about um, and take everybody's advice with a grain of salt. Do you really, because yeah, you have to be a scientist kind of collecting all of the information and making decisions based on, you know, what is best for your situation. Uh, but a mentor is, it's really good to have because you're able to bounce off ideas talk about, um, you know, your struggles, your worries. Um, so getting a mentor. Um, another thing that I will say about um, the process at whole, um, always shadow more than one setting. Not only do schools probably look at this as um you know, more favorably um, versus if you have maybe 500 hours in outpatient, I think it's better to, even for your own understanding of the field, to look at other settings. Um, I did outpatient pediatrics, um, which I I love pediatrics and something I'm I'm very interested in um, and super excited to learn more about in school, but also inpatient rehab and acute care, uh, I think it's so important to uh, shadow and and understand what goes into that because we will be learning about that in in school. You're going to be learning about that because it's such a big part of um, the field, even if it's not what you want to go into. Um, Having other experiences with those settings are so, so important. If you're going to get um, shadowing experience at a hospital, um, I urge you to apply, uh, start looking now for opportunities to shadow because it might take a while for uh, you to get an opportunity. Um, I know some hospitals might have an application process or some hospitals might let you shadow, you know, right away. But for me, I I sought out um, a shadowing opportunity, but it took an application. It took you know, I had to get medical forms turned in, a TB test. I know for my pediatric setting, I had to um, get a background check, which took a while because I had to get my fingerprints taken. And, um, you know, that took a little bit of time to process. So don't wait on those observational experiences. 
And another thing I will say about observation experiences is to always, always, always take notes、um, during your experiences. Not only will this help you reflect back on you know, what you saw,、um, this will help you down the road with potentially your PTCAS essay. And if you get an interview,、um, they most likely will ask you、um, about any experiences you've had in the clinic.、Um, why, obviously, they're going to ask you why PT, and you can draw back on those experiences you had. While ob- observing, because I remember having a question pertaining to like a patient therapist interaction, something that、um, I think was along the lines of、um, what would, how, how did you observe a therapist、um, deal with a patient who I think was resistant to therapy or? Um, had a difficult time with therapy and how they overcome that interaction.、Um, something along those lines. And I, I do remember drawing specifically on a time where I, I remember seeing my therapist just work through a patient with such like, kindness and compassion and patience. And I was just amazed. I was like, this is, this is,、uh, That's so important for this field is to treat your patient with compassion when they're having a bad day or when they're struggling with their therapy.、Um, and I could draw back on that experience I had during shadowing. I remember writing that down like, you know, therapist was very、uh, patient, compassionate.、Um, they took time to check in with the patient.、Um, just having those not only、um, notes about what. Kind of treatment the therapist is、um, giving the patient, which is important. But I think more important is, you know, what are you observing about the, ther- the therapist doing, interacting with the patient? What do you notice about the workplace? What do you notice about、um, the impact that this treatment is having on the patient?、Um, you know, like just getting the more big picture perspective about things. I think that's really important to take notes on. Um, yeah, I remember just taking notes about the kind of impact the therapist and the, tr- the therapy had on the patient and their loved ones. The patient, and or I, I took notes on the kind of environment, the work environment, how like the team at the, the hospital, like the therapist just worked as a team, and I loved that. And I, I remember writing that down. And,、um, Yeah, that's something that I would highly recommend. Just taking notes while you're shadowing because about everything, about literally everything,、um, if you wanted.、Um, it'll help you in, down the road when you, know, you get that interview and you're like, okay, so what should I talk about in this interview? And、um, uh, reflecting back on your observational experiences is so important.、Um, so that's another big tip that I would say.、Uh, What else can I speak about the shadowing opportunities? Yeah, for, with shadowing, just be present,、um, you know, and, and really care about what is going on and be genuinely interested in what is going on. Because I think that therapists can tell when a student is just, I've, I, trust me, I do this all the time where I'm just like, 
sitting in the in the session and I'm just like, you know, I'm observing, but it's like I'm not really engaged. And I, I really just highly encourage everyone to be as engaging as they can within reason, like respecting the patient and the therapist and 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 their time and you know, you're just an observer and um, respecting the patient's privacy and all that. But you know, after the session's done or, you know, in passing as a therapist you know, you know, what was this that you did and a why and, um, you know, ask about the patient and, um, you know, ask about, you know, their day and what they do as a therapist, because, you know, you're, you're building connections with that therapist and, um, and that could be an opportunity for asking them to, um, provide you with the letter of rec. So always, no matter what, even if you're not asking them for a letter of rec, um, just be engaging. It's going to help you really get a better understanding of this field. Um, yeah, with any um, observation, always be engaged um, because you never know, like during the experience with a setting, you can be like, wow, like I really I'm being engaging and I'm really, you know, I'm trying to be as active as I can and in this observation, but it, there's something about the setting which I, I just don't see myself. And you could learn about it and you can say, okay, there's something about the setting that I'm not attracted to or um, that doesn't really, you know, resonate with me and um, versus this other setting where I was just super engaged and, um, you know, I really, I really felt like I could be in that um, setting, but always be engaged because you never know. I, I didn't know that I, I, first of all, I didn't even, I wasn't um, exposed to an inpatient setting, but after I was, I'm super interested in it and I'm very excited to learn more about it in school. And I could potentially see myself working in that setting um, because, you know, if I just showed up at that observational experience, just standing there and just watching the therapist and not really thinking about what was going on and, and being interested in it, even if I wasn't interested in it, um, yeah, I wouldn't have that curiosity of finding more and being more interested so really yeah just be as engaging as you can um and open-minded um with your observational hours um i don't think you need 400 hours some people have them because they're aides but i was never an aide um i think i had about 200 hours and and usually the I think the threshold is like, uh, for, for my program was, uh, actually, I don't even remember. I can't even say a number, which sounds, sounds so bad. Um, but I want to say it's 40. I don't know. It's, it's not a lot, but again, I think obviously getting more experience, um, in different settings is really important. Um, so yeah, that's about observational hours. Letter recommendations, um, you know, it can be hard when you haven't established, um, you don't know who you're going to go for your letter of rec, especially professors. Um, for me, I asked a professor that um, I had, you know, a few classes with, you know, he knew my name on a first name basis, obviously. And, um, you know, I just knew that I did really well in his class and, and I was very engaged in that class. And, um, you know, if I struggled, if I had questions, if um, I needed help, 
I could go to him and ask these things. And I think he saw how um, hard I worked in this class and that's why I asked for a letter and he was more than happy to, but never be too afraid to ask and never be too afraid. Don't think that, you know, oh my gosh, he's gonna think that I'm, they're gonna think that I'm only asking them for a favor. Well, of course you're asking them for a favor, but um, being open and transparent about what you're asking for, it's really important. Um, you know, giving them information like, hey, like this is a, you know, I'm planning to apply for DPT school and stay professional. Um, you know, always thank them for their time. And and professors genuinely, they should be um, happy to help you if you are willing to put forth the effort into, you know, making a connection with the professor and, and talking about them, uh, about the process and why you want to go to PT school and and how, you know, this is important to you and and how the class has helped you. And, um, you know, it's hard. It is difficult if you haven't really had any conversations with your professors, that's going to be difficult. And if they don't even know you on a first name basis, that can be very difficult. But if you start to have those conversations now and say, hey, I'm planning to apply and um, I'm just wondering, you know, if there's anything that um, I could do to, you know, get a letter of recommendation. And um, I think, you know, you've been my teacher for X amount of time. And, um, you know, I could also always, when you're asking for a letter of rec, I say offer a cover letter, offer a resume, so they know a little bit more about you. Um, I always just offer it whenever um, I'm asking for a letter of rec. I always offer them a cover letter, which is basically, you know why you're asking um, for a letter of recommendation is to go to PT school and your resume. So they know a little bit more about you, not just that you're a student in their class. Um, but I mean, regardless of that, you should be always building relationships with your professors. You know, you don't have to have a deep relationship. Like you don't have to be their, you know, student aide or do research with them or, but you know, you need to be in, in close communications and uh, remain cordial with professors. And um, I think that's all, you know, you can do when you're asking for these letters of rec is remain professional, cordial with professors, be thankful and grateful towards their, you know, with their teaching and their guidance and just really be upfront and say, you know, I'm interested in going to grad school. Like how can, how can I um, prepare and, um, you know, ask you for a letter of recommendation because I believe um, it'll help me. Um, that's what I can say about letter of recommendations. And next is the GRE, which is a big, was a big struggle for me because I'm not good at standardized test taking. And I know it's not going away since I'm going to PT school, but um, uh, my advice with the GRE, here's the thing with the GRE. I was not um, my score was not above, it barely hit average, which is the minimum requirement of most of the programs. Um, but the funny thing was I actually got accepted to one of the schools that had a minimum G GRE requirement and I didn't hit the quantitative reasoning uh, requirement, which was 150. I got like two points below it but I still was accepted to that school. And here's what I did. 
even if a school has a minimum requirement for whatever, a GPA, um, a GRE score, I always, um, I would urge always asking them, you know, even if I don't hit this requirement, um, can I still apply? And do you look favorably upon other aspects of the application? Always ask, always reach out to the school and say, you know, what are you looking for? And, you know, if I don't hit this requirement, you know, how could I better make my application um, a bit stronger um, um, to help, you know, be admitted? And and they will most likely, I mean, the people that I talked to, they, they told me um, what I could do. But I remember ta- uh, reaching out to a school and, and saying, you know, I don't meet the minimum requirement. And I remember walking out of my GRE test and not hitting that quantitative minimum um, and being extremely disappointed in myself because um, I thought I had to retake it because I didn't hit the minimum. But I ended up calling them and they were like, oh, yeah, you can still apply even if you don't hit the minimum requirement. I'm like, really? Okay, like I'm applying. So I applied to that school. I got an interview and I got accepted. So I think that should just encourage people Um, The GRE is not everything and it should not be everything. Uh, Of course, it's important and it's going to play a part in your application. But um, I really, truly believe schools are looking past your numbers and your test scores. Um, They're looking for a well-rounded person, a person who can connect to other people who, you know, have a passion for this field. Um, Of course, you know, they're looking for people that um, can thrive academically, of course. And that's why there's such rigorous prereqs and um, requirements. But um, putting all your weight into one test score, one aspect of your application, um, it's just you're going to play with you're going to play these mind games and, and just think to yourself, oh, I'm not good enough or my application's not the best. I definitely went through those feelings of you know, this part of my application sucks. Like, I don't know how I'm gonna be accepted with, you know, a low GRE score. Um, but I, I I, want to believe, and I, I can't speak for every program. I want to think that programs are looking past that. And um, you can really shine with your PT cast application uh, essay and the interview, uh, which I'll talk about later. But for the GRE, you know, if you're good at standardized test taking, um, you know, if you study and if you, if you do everything you can, like buying, you know, a GRE workbook, um, studying your vocab. Oh, that is so important. Studying that vocab. Um, I didn't realize that, you know, you had to study 500 vocab words um, for the GRE, but you know, it's just a thing that you have to do. Um, study your vocab, make a plan. Um, biggest GRE tip that I would give take online tests, practice tests, because this test is not only testing your ability of, you know, you know, getting answers right, whatever the material, but um, it's also testing your endurance because this is a long test. And this test, um, if it hasn't changed from when I took it, it's very predictable. Um, You know that you're gonna have a, a writing section you're going to have a break, you're going to have a math or English or a verbal section, you're going to take a small break, you're going to have another session, it just repeats itself. 
It's a long test, but I will say if you take practice tests and the GRE website has a few practice tests for free that you can take. And it's a pretty good indicator of how well you're going to do on test day. If, you know, I can't say it's going to predict exactly what your test score is, but it'll give you a good idea of where you are um, in terms of your performance. Take those practice tests because sitting through a whole GRE test is a long time. So your endurance is really going to be take your is going to be tested. So take practice tests. And if you know that this is not your strong suit, it should just be an incentive to study a little harder. Effort always, hard work and effort always pays off. Um, Even if the outcome is not good. I know my outcome was not, I was not happy with my jury score, but you know, I did the best I could. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, I knew that I did, and I also knew that I I did not have energy to retake it. I was going to retake it because I wanted a higher quantitative score, but I knew myself and I knew I had other obligations. I was a full-time student and I was like, you know what, is it worth paying an extra $200? Because you have to remember there is financial, you know, obligation for test taking and, and apply and doing it again. And setting it out to different schools, your scores. Um, so you just have to be realistic with yourself. And if you want to take it on the first try and be done with it, yeah, you're going to have to put forth a lot of effort. So um, yeah, taking multiple practice tests, being prepared for that and, and working on your weaknesses. That is something I didn't do with the GRE, which is a big mistake. I did not, I did pretty well on the, uh, the verbal um because i studied a lot and um with math oh it was like pulling teeth studying for math i regret not studying a little harder because i knew it was a weakness of mine you know that would be my tip is to focus on your weaknesses for that test and take practice tests and make its plan but lastly i want to talk about the gr not the jerry the ptcast essay now, this is a place where I think that you could truly, this is where you can show, you know, what will set you apart from everyone else and all your numbers. And, you know, you can throw the numbers aside and just say, okay, this is who I am as a human being, as a student, as a, someone who's interested in the physical therapy field. Um, my mentor gave me good advice saying in this essay, you want to be succinct, but you also want to keep that flowery language of emotion like you're telling a story because you are you're telling the story of you know why you're applying and, and what's your story and what brought you to pt as an interest in a career um so keeping that essay pretty concise but profound and powerful is really important because you know some programs look really deep into the pro your essay and, and and I hear some don't. So you want to keep it pretty short because I guarantee you they're probably not going to read every single essay, you know, top to bottom. Um, they probably have hundreds of these to go through. Um, so, you know, keep it concise, but um, tell your story and, and use your resources, use um, 
you know, if you go to a college, go to your um, writing center or go to an advisor to look over it, have your friends look over it, have your mentor look over it. Um, I remember giving my essay to my, my PT mentor, my sister, my friends, um, another PT student um, that I knew, uh, my essay to look over. I, I edited it so much because I wanted it to be perfect, but um, yeah, it's a time for you to kind of show who you are individually and, and play to your strengths and tell your story. Um, but you often have a bias when you're writing is if you don't let other people look at it, you're, I think that's a disservice. So you really want to have other people edit it. And I've been seeing a lot of people on like social media um, who are offering like um, to look over other people's essays. And I think that's a great idea. You really want another set of eyes, at least one or two set of eyes on your essay um, just to get an outside perspective because you know, you're biased with your own writing. Like when you look at your writing, you think, okay, everything makes sense. But when another person reads it, they're like, no, you need to clarify this. You need to elaborate. Or this one sounds, I'm not really sure what you're trying to say in this part of your essay. It's really good to get other people's um, view on that and, and start drafting that early on so you can get it to other people. And, and trust me, there were probably a hundred versions of my PTCAS essay. Um, but I'm going to wrap it up here, but I just wanted to say, um, enjoy the process because, um, it's like your first step to, you know, potentially PT school and, um, don't be too hard on yourself. Um, yeah, it, it really is something that I just think it's something that has to be done. Um, and you're going to get through it, but, um, utilize your resources, plan ahead, um, get everyone's perspective, reach out to other people. Um, and if anybody, uh, wants to ask specific, uh, specific questions, I am at, uh, mental clarity DPT on Instagram. Um, yeah, I hope this helps at least one person go through this process because I remember, you know, going through it and it was, it was a little overwhelming, but uh, you can get through it. So I hope this helps at least one person. Um, thank you for listening and hope to see you guys next time. Bye.